Brett McMillan with the Panthers postgame show presented by Southern Star, an official bourbon of the Carolina Panthers. Celebrate the spirit of the Carolinas. Well, that's not how we drew it up. <laughs> no. Boy. Nope. But it looked a lot like what we've seen for the Panthers most of this season. As the Panthers fall to the Bears, 16-13, to offense struggled most of the day. Uh, Bryce Young, once again, lots and lots of pressure, uh, not necessarily time to throw, and lots of questions. I have lots of questions, Eugene and Mike, about the play calling uh, throughout this game, especially that final drive. Uh, you know, you were kind of nickel and diamond down the field. It was working for you, and then all of a sudden you get – into position where you were, as we found out, on just the outskirts of field goal range. And I'm fine with one shot down the field, but they took two shots two down shots the field. And then that puts you in a position where now all of a sudden you, you've got one chance to get yourself into solid field goal range. And I, I'm thinking, why? You know, when you nickel and dime it up the field, why all of a sudden now are you taking two deep shots? You know, they were at the, like the 41-yard line, I think mm-hmm. they were. And typically what you do is the 35 is is your mark. of mm-hmm. If you get to the 35, you got something like a 52-yard field goal, somewhere around there, 52, 53-yard field goal, as opposed to the 59, 60-yard field goal that you have if you're on the 40, 40, 41 or so. So I thought the same thing. I was looking for, hey, just get five yards, give Pinheiro a chance where in his head – He'd have to say it's 59, 60 yards. That is just nothing but a 53, 54-yard field goal. I think that's a little better mentality for you to think that way. Um, and we didn't do that. And I I thought there was sometimes I would have gone on. There was a fourth down and one right before the half. Yep. Uh, they end up getting three points. Uh, anyway, I would have gone for it. I mean, you were at the 50-yard line somewhere, so your defense was playing – playing well anyway, so why not take that chance to leave the defense on the field? So I thought I would have taken that call and say, hey, let me go ahead and leave my offense out there, see if they can get one yard. Well, and by keeping the short game going on that last drive, you know, if instead of on second down you go for that shot, maybe you get three, four yards, then it's third and medium, and then if you don't get it on third down, then you can still – you're still in a position where you can maybe go for it and then – Try to give Pinero an extra, you know, five, six, ten yards. Exactly. I I don't mind the shot to mingle. I, you know, I like you to stretch the field. Yeah. But when you only need four or five yards, I think that becomes more premium that you get that because you don't need another shot down. You you don't need another shot. You really don't. You need to go ahead and see, get yourself in field goal range where you can kick the ball for a field goal. That's uh, considered something that's makeable. But that was the second play in a row where you'd, you'd gone mm-hmm. well beyond that, deeper than you really needed to. I thought it looked to me like Mingo kind of gave up on the ball. Uh, I thought the ball was a little bit just out in front, just a little bit, a little bit too much. Yeah, I mean, it was a, that was a nice pass, but I thought it was just a little bit too long. Um, and here it is. I always say this because Coach Knox used to say this to our CLCR team. When you lose – Nothing looks good. Yeah, that's true. Nothing looks good. Now Mingo looks a lot slower. Mingo doesn't look like he's working as hard down the field to go ahead and make an effort for the ball. You know, and I, I don't think that's true, but it has that appearance. And if you're saying that, I know that the public and the fans are so like this. Hey, what's wrong with Mingo? Why didn't he run for the ball? I think he had a chance. Nothing looks good when you lose a game. 
And you talked about the end of the first half when the Panthers had the ball. Yes. And they were at the third. I thought, Mike and I were talking about this during the break. The third and one at the 48, the Panthers still had all three timeouts. Yes, they did. Yes. I would have called a timeout before that third down play and make sure you got a good play. Because that's when he threw the slant that was almost picked off. And that led, you know, then the fourth and one, and then you punted. Because I thought, get yourself, call the timeout with the third and one, stop the clock, a little over a minute to go, and you're getting the ball first in the second half. This is a great opportunity to pile some points on the board here. And I thought, you know, instead they're letting the clock run and they're kind of, you know, they're kind of in medium, not really hurry up, but they're conscious of the clock. When you still got three timeouts, we still board. got three timeouts on the board. And, yeah, and you want to be real strategic in how you use your timeouts. But I, I think there's something to be said about what what you're talking, uh, what you're talking about there, Brett. No, there's no doubt about that. Another thing I was I was just thinking, man, I'm I'm looking for the offensive production. Where is going to come from? And I don't know where it's going to come from. You know, I thought the difference in this game was this, and I'm not sure. If, see if you agree with this. This was really predicated upon the run. Mm-hmm. The fact that the Bears were able to run the ball and we couldn't run the ball, that told me everything I need to know about this is going to be a very, very tough, tough game. To This is going to be a very hard road to go ahead and, and make some plays. And so the pressure that uh, Bryce was under, Bryce absolutely is fortunate because if I am being honest, he should have had two interceptions. Mm-hmm. Maybe three. Maybe three. Maybe three. And that's because the Bears can't catch. That's different. Yeah. That's different. The When the linebacker was faking that blitz, fake the blitz, jumps back out there, the ball gets on top of it, hits both of his hands. And uh, I think Trimble was coming for the ball, hits both his hands. I said, oh, this is an interception. Mm-hmm. And if there was another one with the, the defensive back, had a chance, hit him right in the hand. He's like, oh, my goodness, yeah, uh, what happened? Surprised him. It absolutely surprised him. So, Bryce, you have to be extremely careful. I, I think what what gets him in trouble is as he's scrambling and getting rid of the ball, sometimes just throw it away. I saw him try to make a play to the sideline and force a ball where I was watching. I said, that ball should have been intercepted. It should have been it's because the defensive back – wasn't going for the ball. He was actually covering the man, but he was in a great position to intercept the ball. And so I'm like, Bryce, I don't want you to be that guy trying to force something a la maybe like Brett Favre would do. Mm-hmm. Don't force it. Just throw the ball away. Now, he did do that, but I thought, Brett, that there was some opportunities for some interceptions uh, from the Bears. Well, and it was two different types of offense today, and, and Eugene alluded to it. I think the problem was the offensive line wasn't getting enough push so at times Bryce Young had to either because you know, he ran a couple of times he ran uh, three times but he, there were a couple of times where he was scrambling and you can't get a running game together they had forty three yards on the ground yes yeah. I mean when this team was successful you know last year and again it's a different coaching staff but it was the offensive line you know they, they were you know maybe not getting huge chunks but getting three four yards play on 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 the ground game and then Bryce Young because you know we talked about this uh, you know Eugene and I there was one sequence where he was started to make plays in the beginning of the fourth quarter because he had a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, Deontay Foreman and also uh, um, D.J. Moore, you look at how Deontay Foreman ran the ball. Reminiscent of yeah. like last year, yeah. that strong, like, get out of my way. Right. I'm about to yeah. run you over. Yeah. What you going to do? 
Same thing DJ Moore. Every time DJ Moore got the ball, he's been noticed, known to be that Steve Smith, that dog in him, get out of my way. I'm going I'm to get this yak. There ain't nothing you could do about it. He made people miss, and then when he didn't make them miss, he ran through them. And so I think they had something to prove, but when you talk about the offense and the running games, there was a marked difference between foremen and our guys the way they ran the ball. And that was noticeable as I'm watching the film, going, watching the game going, wow, Deontay Foreman's running this ball extremely hard. I'm surprised. I'm looking, and, and the Bears rushed for 133 yards. It seemed like so much more. Yes. Yeah. It, it seemed like. It's because they chewed it up. And here's the thing: up. they also, um, also, yeah, I'm on. Am I on? You yeah. are now. Okay, yeah. I'm on now. Okay, and the other thing is apparently, apparently, you were being censored for a minute. Yeah, I know. I was uh, pushing this button over here. I was calling. Oh, well, it's Wendell's birthday. It's Wendell's he birthday. thinks he can do break, anything yeah. like that. You know not pass. <laughs> that's, that's a joke that we have in there, Wendell. There's go Gandalf. Anyway, but um, I thought you're right. Deontay Foreman just looked like to me he just ran the ball with some. Like I'm mad at you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he just ran like I'm mad, and He's so running angry. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and that's what we did not do. All right, we got a lot coming your way here on the Panthers post game show. We will hear from the head coach and also a player or two. We'll also get the final thoughts from the guys in Chicago, and uh, we'll run through some of the stats from tonight's game as well. So stay with us here on the Panthers post game show. You're listening to the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. This is Jim Zoki. Join me next Sunday at 10 for the Carolina Panthers Stadium Show. Three hours of pregame counting you down to the Panthers-Cowboys game. On the home of the Carolina Panthers, 99.7 The Fox. Hey, welcome back to the Panthers postgame show presented by Southern Star, an official bourbon of the Carolina Panthers. Celebrate the spirit of of the Carolinas. The Panthers fall to the Bears tonight by the count of 16-13. to 13. Panthers now 1-8 and eight on the year. The Bears now 3-7. and seven. And remember, of course, the Bears own the Panthers' mm-hmm. first yes, they pick do. in the draft. So right now it stands the Bears are going to have like the second pick in the draft and uh, maybe the third or fourth pick. Yeah. I guess they move up just a little bit having won the game. So Well, and according to ESPN Analytics, they now have a 42% chance of getting the number one pick in the draft next year. Oh, because uh, right now they say I think Arizona's got the number one pick, but uh, we'll see how that we'll all plays out. We'll see how that ends. So, hey, elevate game day with the North Carolina Education Lottery and the new Carolina Panthers scratch-off. Enter to win season tickets to the vault, a field-level premium seating experience, and that's on sale now. All right, let's talk special teams. I thought special teams was the highlight today for the Panthers. You get a kick, a punt return for a touchdown, and Johnny Hecker was just amazing with his punts today. When you when you talk about Mike and Eugene, what he was able to do, I mean, he pins them at the one at yeah. one point in time, and it was just pretty amazing. He could be our uh, Sunbelt <laughs> Reynolds' hardest working player of the game. Yes, he could be. Absolutely. I mean, there was there was one time he was absolutely backed up. His feet were on the line. back of the yeah. end zone, and he punted the ball to their forty. Yeah, I mean, and and I believe that Sam Franklin may have made the tackle. Someone made the tackle down there, but that ball has to travel. That's almost seventy yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was booting the yeah. crap out of that ball. There was no doubt about that. And I I tell you what, there is a calmness about Pinero when he comes in the game, you know, and, and then there's a confidence about him 
that he knows that he's going to be that guy you can rely on. I know that 59, 60-yard field goal, that's a little bit out of reach. I mean, you know, that's that's a very tough mm-hmm. tough field goal to go ahead and make, and so I'm not faulting him for that. But I thought special teams-wise, I thought that it, special teams is keeping you in the game, keeping you where you can go ahead and do something and stay alive. Yeah, and there were three times where he pinned them inside the 20 and a couple times yes, he it was did. inside the 10. Yeah. Yeah, he had him at the one, he had him at the nine, nine and the eleven. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. And he yeah, he was outstanding. Outstanding today. And then the the putt return, um it's just that I, I think that Smith Marset, he's gaining confidence. Sure is. He reminds me of Steve Smith a little bit. Was Steve Smith when he first came here and he's that punt returner? He just had such an edge that every time he got the ball, I'm like, eh, this dude might go ahead and take it to the house. Yeah. He might take it to the house. Same thing when you said with Michael Bates, who used to be here. Oh, yes. Michael Bates, this guy might take it to the house on a kickoff return. He didn't do punt returns as, as much. So when I'm looking at Marcet, I'm going, this dude has the propensity to take this to the house anytime. You know, he sees the field extremely well. Kind of like, uh, man, he, he, he's just really good at it. And Blackshear on a kickoff return, has that same threat. Like, you think he's about to go ahead and do something spectacular and special. I think it's one of the best things smoking here has been the special teams. Yeah, and they certainly, well, you know, they put the only touchdown on the board for the Panthers today, and it had them in the lead for a, a good portion of the ball game. Absolutely, and, you know, you want a special teams play to help out, but this is really predicated upon your offense. Your offense has to put the work in, and don't forget, I think we were 20% on third down. We were going punt. Punt, 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 one punt, one punt, another punt. And we weren't moving the sticks and getting that to be in that 45, 50% on third down. We were at 20%, if I'm not mistaken. 97 total yards in the first half. Second straight game of under 100 yards in the first half. Yeah. Ouch. Yep. Pretty amazing. All right, when we come back, we'll have some of the highlights from tonight's ball game, so stay with us. You're listening to Panthers Football, presented by Morris Jenkins. Panthers Football is heard exclusively on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Touchdown, Carolina! Join us next Sunday as the Panthers host the Dallas Cowboys. Kickoff on the network is set for 1 o'clock. Presented by Morris Jenkins, official heating, air conditioning, and plumbing services partner of the Carolina Panthers. This is the Panthers postgame show presented by Southern Star, an official bourbon of the Carolina Panthers. Celebrate the spirit of the Carolinas. Zone read, gives straight up the middle, touchdown, touchdown, Carolina. Reaction and analysis to tonight's game with special guests, highlights, and updates from around the league. Complete touchdown right side, makes the catch, touchdown, Panthers. Now what? How about it? Now what? Now to Brett McMillan with the Panthers postgame show exclusively on the Carolina Panthers radio network. And welcome back to Panthers Post Game Show, presented by Southern Star, an official bourbon of the Carolina Panthers. Celebrate the spirit of the Carolinas. So it's a Thursday night game for the Panthers, and it didn't turn out too well as the Panthers lost to Chicago 16-13, to along with Eugene Robinson and Mike Pacheco. I'm Brett McMillan. Let's go ahead and start off with the positives, though. This was the big positive for the Panthers tonight. 
Gill's punt. Chases Smith Marset inside the 25. Breaks a tackle. Gets the 25. He's got the 30. 35, 40. Smith Marset's got a chance. He's got midfield down the right sideline. 35. Past the punter. Still in bounds. 20, 10, 5. Touchdown! Amir Smith Marset. 76 yards. House call. Yeah, there you go. It was uh, it, it, he did. He sidestepped the first guy right up the middle and cut to the sideline. It was a beautiful thing. He's really decisive. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the punt return, we always say to the guys, go north and south. We're going to get, get our blocks on, but just go north and south. Don't go ahead and go east and west, maybe unless you're Deion Sanders or, or, or Joe Cribbs or something like that. You can do that. But don't go east and uh, west, north and south. And that's what I like about him. He is really decisive. Makes a cut, gets up the field. And when you have a guy like him, it puts now the pressure is on the defense a little bit because they have, they know they have to make a play on special teams against him. Exactly, and that's a, that's very very that's very very difficult. I mean, you get a, a Smith, Steve Smith type runner back there, a Desmond Howard that type of guy with that type of speed and that those those quick decisive moves, man, that's very tough to stop. Yeah, it's been a while since we had somebody back there who would. You could look at it and say this guy's a threat pretty much every time he touches the ball. Exactly, and Smith Marsa is a threat. All right. Well, the the uh, the Bears did come back right after that and get a field goal to make it seven three. But then the Panthers came back and this play gave them about half of the yardage they had in the first half. Second down and six. Pistol set. Hubbard the running back. Snap. Fake to Chuba. Young sets up. Throws deep downfield. It's caught by Strun. Mike Strun, his first catch as a Panther. He's not even on the roster. <laughs> Fresh off the practice squad. Yep. And a, and a speed burner, too, which is exactly what this team needs. But I thought that was one of the best passes that uh, that Bryce threw today because it was they lined up in a slot formation. He was up, a, he was at the point of the, the on the line, the receiver's behind him. Typically, whoever's on the line runs the deeper route. All right? So the other, just so that you know that. He runs that corner route, fakes out the corner, breaks back to the outside towards the, towards the sideline, and I thought the throw was on the money and on the outside. Great throw by Bryce Young. Well, and the Panthers did get a field goal coming off of that. Uh, let's go on to the third quarter. The Bears were able to get a touchdown, and it was a familiar name who took it into the end zone. Jackson matched up on more to the left. Here's the snap. Gift to Foreman. Barging up the middle into the end zone. Touchdown, Deontay Foreman. And the Bears have their first lead of the game. Yeah, Eugene, you talked earlier about you thought that he um, might have had something to prove because the Panthers didn't uh, make an effort to keep him. Yeah, he's always run the ball hard. There's no doubt about that. He's a he's a bruiser. And then he can also run on the outside. But ask him to get it one, two yards, he's going to get it for you. There's no doubt about that. And so uh, I thought he had something to prove. Uh, you leave a team right there. And don't forget, you got Sanders, Miles Sanders, that's the guy that's replaced you, basically. And now you're trying to outdo everybody. And you're trying to show them, like, hey, you made a mistake. Yeah, Miles Sanders had two carries minus five yards. I know. Two carries minus five yards. Now, he did have a really nice Miles Sanders. Nice catch. Had yeah. a, a really nice catch a la, uh, what's the young man we, who went to San Francisco? That we, oh, Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey, yeah, a la Christian McCaffrey. Has he done anything lately? Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. No, I don't think so. Has he? I'm not sure. Yeah, well, the Panthers did have a chance to force overtime. They had a nice drive going, started at their own Let's see. Where do they start? They started at their own nine-yard yes, line. They did. 
and took a nice drive, got to the 41 of the Bears, and we talked earlier about how they took a couple of shots, didn't make any completions, uh, then end up with a fourth and 10, and so trotted out Eddie Pinheiro for a 59-yarder. Jansen to snap. Hecker puts it down. Pinheiro's kick is up. It's not going to get there. It's short. The kick is no good, and Chicago takes over near midfield. And Chicago, it's always a tough place to kick. Yeah, but it said it's short. By how much was it short? I was looking at the difference. About maybe five, six yards it was short. Yeah. It looks like it was tailing left. Yeah, and hence, if you get that, that, use that third down to pick up five to six yards, you gave yourself a chance. Yep. There you go. So that's how it turns out. 16-13, the final, as the Bears take the win over the Panthers, their third win of the year. So still ahead, we'll go through some stats. We'll also hear from the head coach, Frank Reich. Also some players as well, so stay with us on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. It's been 20 years since the Cardiac Cats punched their ticket to Super Bowl 38. Yes, Charlotte, there is a Super Bowl, and we're in it. Celebrate by listening to Cardiac, a Carolina Panthers podcast production. Join Anish Shroff each episode as he relives the thrilling wins and beloved memories that led to the Carolina Panthers' first ever Super Bowl berth. Fires for Pro in the end zone. He got it! Touchdown! Each episode features exclusive interviews. It was the Cardiac Cats. You did not leave the room because so many different things can happen. And original play-by-play commentary from the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Throws down. Phil Smith at the 45 to the 40. Breaks free. Touchdown! You can listen to Cardiac on Panthers.com, the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single beat. Hey, welcome back to the Panthers postgame show presented by Southern Star, an official bourbon of the Carolina Panthers. Celebrate the spirit of the Carolinas. We're going to kick off the Panthers locker room show now brought to you by Southern Star, an official bourbon of the Carolina Panthers. Celebrate the spirit of the Carolinas. I just said that twice. You did. You did. Is that so? We've taken care of all that. Yeah. <laughs> we might need done. So we might it's need some, Yeah, we might need some uh, Southern Star whiskey. It, yeah, we could, uh, you know, that would come in very handy right now. Uh, well, let's go back to Chicago right now and see who Jim, Anisha, and Luke have caught up with. Guys, Panthers' only touchdown in this game came from special teams provided by special teams, and in particular, Amir Smith Marset's seventy-nine yard punt return for the touchdown gave Carolina seven nothing lead in that moment. And Amir, just take us through that play uh, from the moment you, you took it. You, you kind of broke that first tackle, and then uh, take us from there as far as taking it all the way to the house. Um, yeah, I just caught it. The first dude was there really fast. I just knew I had to make him miss, and then we knew the type of coverage unit they was. It, they got a lot of empty spaces, so if I could just hit it one way and then possibly cut up the field, it would be open and I could gain a lot of yards. And um, when I seen it, you know, I just made one more cut, and it was a uh, – they was in pursuit, and I was able to get behind them, and then it was only me and the punter left, and uh, just, you know, make sure you don't let the punter get you, and that was pretty much it. Hey, great, great return. I just wanted to kind of ask about you you, you and Raheem Blackshear's mindset on giving a little bit of spark in the return game and how much it can jumpstart the offense. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Um, shoot, every time we go out there, I talk to him a lot, um, and uh, it's – it's the mentality of whenever the ball touch your hands, it's like 
this is the one. And um, we just try to go out there and, you know, definitely bring that energy that sparked, you know, to the offense because when, when we get it going and stuff like that, as you can see, the offense can move the ball. And all, all we need is that little spark to jump, jump, uh, jump start and then uh, we get going and stuff like that. But um, it's definitely a great, uh, you know, a hard-nosed mentality of every time you get that ball, it's possibly going to the end zone. Amir, I know a lot was made tonight of DJ Moore facing his old team, but you were facing your old team. You were with the Bears for a little bit. Um, extra sweet to score against him? Uh, definitely. I mean, I, I didn't really get a chance with the Bears. They ain't really give me that opportunity. So, you know, of course, I was able to, you know, work my way through it, get to Carolina, and then, uh, you know, given the opportunity. It just so happened to be against the Bears, and, uh, you know, it's, just, it's it's good, you know, just to be able to show them what they missed out on, basically. Amir, obviously the record not anywhere close to where you guys want to be right now. What's um, what's the mindset, uh, what's the thinking as you head into this kind of a mini bye week before you get back out there again? Just go back to work. Um, Monday Monday is a, a fresh start. We flip the page and uh, we get this thing on the road. Um, just come in Monday, you know, heads down, working, and uh, not worrying about what's happened already. Um, just focused on what, what's up what, what's up next all right thank you amir appreciate you joining appreciate us appreciate it yeah amir smith marzet marzet for a 79 yard punt return for the uh, panthers gave him that spark early on but unable to build on it and retain that lead as they lose 16 to 13 here in chicago back to charlotte now with brett eugene and mike well and mike a young man that certainly has his head screwed on straight and you know he's keeping everything perspective well, you know, a couple things I really liked, uh, but particularly was when uh, when they asked him about, you know, playing the Bears. What a great, thoughtful answer. You know, he said, hey, they didn't really give a chance. You know, give me a chance. And so that really stuck in his craw a little bit. So, you know, to Eugene's point, like, this is one of those situations where we haven't really seen a bunch of guys with his potential at that spot in a long time. Yes. And it changes how you know, special teams react to you because now they're going to spend more time practicing for you. And there's a you know it's one thing when you know oh you know we have we're just gonna down this guy or we're gonna tackle him but now you have to think okay now I got to be on my toes here and if you make a mistake then then you gotta you know hope that the punter gets him <laughs> and listen for the confidence that uh, Marset Smith Marset was was uh, was exuding he talked about that whether uh, him and, and, and um, Raheem if they get the rock they this could be the one that we score this could be the play right here that we change change the complexion of the game. I mean, that's a different mentality than just saying, hey, let me just feel the punt and play it safe. You got you got to be daring, dashing. You got to you you got to go after. You got to have a mentality to be a punt returner and a kickoff returner that says that I'm about to score every single time. Most people don't do that. And that's why they can't return punts. And even guys who are receivers who can catch the punt and just do something safe for you, they're not that Deion Sanders. They're not that Josh Cribbs. They're not the, that type of guy that says, I'm taking it to the house right now. That's the mentality, and that's why he is good, and that's why Blackshear is good. All right. Still ahead, we'll hear from head coach Frank Reich. We'll also go over some of the stats from tonight's game, so stay with us as you continue to listen to Panthers football presented by Morris Jenkins. It was a season of stirring comebacks. Panthers have won it in overtime! Unlikely heroes. It is about a team built and put together on a bunch of second, third, last chance guys. And unwavering belief. We just started developing that mentality that even if we get it close to the end or get it to overtime, we're winning. Cardiac, the story of the 2003 Carolina Panthers. 
You can listen to Cardiac on Panthers.com, the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, or Apple Podcast. Back to the Panthers postgame show, presented by Southern Star, an official bourbon of the Carolina Panthers. Celebrate the spirit of the Carolinas. And welcome back, along with Mike Pacheco, Eugene Robinson, Brett McVilla. Glad to have you with us. Panthers fall to the Bears 16-13 to tonight. And let's go over some of the stats from tonight's ball game for the Panthers. Uh, Bryce Young, 21 of 38, 185 yards. Uh, yeah, quarterback rating, nobody cares. Uh, rushing, Chuba Hubbard, <laughs> nine carries, 23 yards. Uh, Bryce Young had three carries for 18 yards. Raheem Blackshear, two for seven and then uh, Miles Sanders had two for minus five. In the receiving department, uh, Adam Thielen had six catches for 42 yards. That gives him more than 600 catches in his career. Only the fifth undrafted player in the modern era of drafting to top 600 receptions. You know, and it's it's amazing when you think about that because to me, Eugene, it, it says. You know, people go, oh, it's got to be drafted. You know, got to be drafted. No, there are opportunities out there for guys who aren't drafted. You, you saw it with the, you, on the field tonight. Look, that that is a, you know, yeah, I know. I, I totally get it. Some of the best players come from the Alabamas and the, the SEC. You know, I, I totally get to understand that. But what you can't measure is somebody's heart. You don't know what's inside someone. And, and, and given the opportunity to go ahead and play, and, and assume the role and don't worry about what people think and be that guy as Adam Thielen has been. I mean, I, I don't care that you're supposed to be the top guy coming out of college. Who cares? It all comes down to me against you. That's what it comes down to. And Adam Thielen has this attitude like, I'm about to bust you up in the mouth. Go ahead and put a safety on me. I'm a dog. Him. Go ahead and put a, a – you better put a corner on me. Better have the nickel on top of me because now I'm about to I'm about to go ahead and show show them what time it is. And so from that standpoint, you know I'm a little bit long winded, but I've never bought into this like you got to come from this school, that school, got to be the number one guy. That's a bunch of junk. That is a bunch of junk, and that's my own animus and me venting right now because I'm a free agent. Well, the thing is, you know, we all you know they they make such a big deal about the Heisman Trophy every year. How many Heisman Trophy winners have actually had great success in the last 30 years in the National Football League? Maybe half of them, maybe. This is a tough that, yeah. This is a tough league. I mean, every everybody's good. Everybody is what separates you? I'll tell you the things that separates the academics of football know where the ball's coming at, when the ball's going to be going so you put yourself in position to make a play. If you're on the defensive side of the ball, I'm speaking defensively. I said, knowing the academics of that and then athleticism, but here's the other thing, your want to. Your want to has to be higher than this other guy's want to. And if your want to is higher than the other guy's want to, then guess what? You better be academically strong or you better be Deion Sanders fast because if you're not that, you don't have a chance. There you go. All right. Other receivers, uh, Mingo had three catches for 20 yards. Uh, Tremble had three for 16 uh, Hubbard had two catches for 16. Sanders had two catches for 15. Uh, Hayden Hurst had two for 14. Some of these guys, though, had some balls, Mike, that uh, they had an opportunity to catch but dropped them. 
And uh, defensively, uh, top tackler, once again, Frankie Louvu. This guy's just been amazing. Six tackles, five assists for 11 combined. Also, uh, Derek Brown. Was Derek Brown up there, too? He had nine tackles, one assist for 10 total. And uh, Jackson had a really nice game tonight. Uh, five tackles, two assists for seven combined. You know, I, I thought that Derek Brown played probably the best, yes. one of the best games that he's played. He was dominant on that defense, um, on the offense, against the offensive line. I mean, he was pushing people back. I saw some of our guys get pushed backwards, but I never saw him get pushed backwards. I'm like, my goodness. And he just showed up in the backfield making plays and so I think he had maybe a tackle, a couple of tackles for loss, but he was um, – I thought he did exceptionally well. No doubt about that. Yep. Well, this kind of delves into the team stats because, you know, when you talk about how well the defense played, in most of the major statistical categories, they held the Bears under their season averages coming into the game today. Total yards, 295, is lower than the 325 that they came in with. Rushing yards, close. Came in uh, averaging 135 yards. Panthers held him to 133 yards. And the passing yards was uh, 190 yards coming into play today. Held him to 162. So if you think about playing complementary football, we'll put it back on the offense for a second. Eugene mentioned earlier, 3 of 15, 20% on third down. Panthers had five drives where they only went six plays or less. Ouch! So, if you, so think about this, right? 33 minutes time of possession, for the uh, 33 and a half for the Bears, 26 and a half for the Panthers. So if the offense just has two successful drives to, uh, with scores, with touchdowns or a touchdown and a field goal or two field goals. It's, it's a totally different ball game. Game over. Yes, it, it is. That game is a, uh, about two teams that have so much parity, Some two teams that are really, really even. W- what makes the difference? You can't get penalties. You can't get that. But you have to yeah. – go ahead and win the statistical battle. And I thought one of the most key statistical battles, like he just underscored, is third down efficiency. We were 20%. They were 40%. Yep. That's more opportunity. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And, and, and timely penalties, or poorly timed penalties is probably a better way to put it. Yes. It's just, I mean, you think all of a sudden you end up with a, well, you well, you know, go a first the ball and 30. The, well, yeah, you're in plus territory. Yeah. I mean, you ended up getting the first down out of that, but right. you had to gain 30 extra yards. And, yeah, and it, what happens if you start, instead of going backwards, you know, because you had to, you almost had to exert all that energy just to get back to the original, or try that, to get back to the original high school. And that's what you said. You had, that's the proper way to say it. You had to exert so much energy just to get back to square one. You, you can't win a football game yeah. that way. You just can't. Yeah, it's, uh, it, yeah. The mistakes keep piling up, and it's it's you're beating yourself in a lot of different ways. Uh, this injury report brought to you by Atrium Health. You deserve to live your best life, and Atrium Health is here to help. Uh, as far as we know, no additional injuries to the Panthers tonight. Uh, pretty much all the injuries were suffered before tonight's game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right. The, the list of injuries uh, was pretty long before uh, this game ever started. All right, still ahead, we'll get the final thoughts from Jim, Anisha, and Luke. We'll also hear from Frank Reich, so stay with us on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. It was a season that captured the hearts of a city. A lot of people in Charlotte, the Panthers were their second favorite team. I think after that, Panthers started becoming their first favorite team. And the region, we were the first to be able to bring that type of joy to the Carolinas. 
Cardiac, the story of the 2003 Carolina Panthers. Yes, Charlotte, there is a Super Bowl, and we're in it. You can listen to Cardiac on Panthers.com, Spotify, or Apple Podcast. Yeah, Panthers fall to the Bears, 16-13, now 1-8 and eight on the year. Let's see, that's nice. So we're just past the halfway point. Yes, so we are. Yeah, it's a, we're at like 53% of the season. Yes, we are. We're the second quarter plus. <laughs> and hopefully the second quarter is going to be a little bit brighter. Third quarter. Third quarter. It'll be a little bit brighter. Yep, we'll hope so. Well, this is the Panthers Post Game Show presented by Southern Star, an official bourbon of the Carolina Panthers. Celebrate the spirit of the Carolinas. That's Eugene Robinson. Mike Pacheco's here. I'm Brett McMillan. And right now we're going to pause 10 seconds for station identification on the Carolina Panthers radio network. And welcome back. Panthers football brought to you by Honda dealers of the Carolinas. And we're going to head back to Chicago where Jim, Anish, and Luke have caught up with the head coach. All right, guys, welcome back to Chicago. We're joined by the head coach, Frank Reich now. And uh, coach, uh, early punt return, that spark, of course, from Amir Smith-Marset. Uh, and then after that, uh, just uh, not a lot to be found as far as offensive production for the team beyond what happened there on special teams. Defense playing pretty well overall. As, as you look at things, uh, just uh, kind of the state of where things are in terms of getting more points on the board. No, it was it was a pitiful offensive performance, and that's what we said in the locker room. Uh, every one of us take ownership. It's not any one person. Um, but I can tell you that in the locker room, um, you know, there, there is resolve to take a step. And I think we all today is like, you know, I don't – this is – it's not acceptable. There's no way, shape, or form it's acceptable in any way when the defense is playing the way they're playing, special teams playing the way they're playing. Um, we, we have to get better on offense. Coach, what do you feel is ailing this offense right now? You know, today it wasn't a question of beating ourselves. Today we just, uh, you know, didn't execute at a high enough level. And, you know, we knew the Bears had a good run defense. Um, you know, although early I thought we ran it acceptable. Um, but, we, you know, we just, we just did not execute today. And so that's what's disappointing to us as coaches and players. And um, so we'll have to look at the film. I remain confident, you know, and it's like I was just in the press conference saying, well, where's your – why would you be confident? Well, because I know the guys we have and I know the coaches we have. And and this isn't – you know, we're not talking, hey, we don't – we're not saying that we have to be the most prolific offense in the NFL, but we've lost a bunch of close games where all we have to do is play decent on offense and we win. We win multiple games. And so that's the first step. We're not saying we got to go out and – light it up and have 500 yards and 50 points. Uh, we're playing good football. Our formula to win is play great defense, play good special teams, and go out there and score 20, 23, 24 points. And with the way we're playing in defense and special teams, we're going to win a lot of football games. And so that's that's what we have to do on offense. Yeah, and Coach, to follow up on that defensively with so many starters out to hold uh, you know, your opponent to 16 points and give yourself a chance, um, what did you make of some of these guys stepping into – you know, bigger roles in this defense, not really missing a beat despite no Brian Burns and some other guys out. It was unbelievable. I mean, it was a phenomenal defensive effort. You know, when, with Burns out and with all the other injuries we've had, um, it, it was phenomenal. And, you know, defense should get a lot of credit for that. Players are playing hard and they're playing 
good football and they're playing together and uh, did a phenomenal job. Ajero and the defensive staff have done a phenomenal job, you know, game planning it, you know, even with some of the injuries. And I thought EJ, you know, without Burns today, um, you know, at first we weren't getting much pressure and then he, you know, he started mixing in even a little bit more pressure to, you know, because without Brian out there, you could feel that a little bit. And then he dialed up some pressures where that were very effective. You nailed it. You got to. We got to have confidence in ourselves, and it, it certainly sounds like you still have that. I thought there was a lot of positives, even though we struggled on on offense today. I know Mike Strong made a big yeah. a big catch. We converted a couple fourth downs. When you go back and look at the tape, it's never as good, never as bad. What are some positives that you take away initially from the game? I know it was tough, but a couple guys stepped up and made some big plays. There's no doubt, and I think the big, the biggest thing, Luke, is what you just said. You know. Even though it was bad, we got in the fourth quarter and we needed a drive. We needed to convert some fourth downs, and we did. Uh, we had some key plays we had to make, and we made three or four of them, um, you know, to extend drives that were big plays. Uh, that that And that's something to build off of. Mike, you know, Mike Strong out there, you could feel him on, on that deep ball. Um, so those are a couple of the highlights. And still, that defense was tough to run on, and early on I thought we ran it okay. Um so, you know, we just have to be a little bit more consistent on third down. You know, Bryce is doing a good job. You know, early in that game, he gets two first downs, you know, by scrambling. If your quarterback gets you two first downs like that, we've got to come away with points. So, um, we got to be we got to be better, um, you know, better in the red zone um, when we get down there, come away with touchdowns, and a little bit better on third down. Great. All right, well, Coach, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, Coach Frank Reich there. That'll wrap things up on our end from Chicago. Back to Charlotte now with Brett, Eugene, and Mike. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, Frank was pretty wide open and uh, pretty honest about uh, how he felt about the offense. Yeah, I mean, he t- he said it was a pitiful pitiful performance, and he included everybody in that. Um, yeah, and I, I think you just have to agree – I know what he knows what he has with that offense, and I know he remains confident. Um, however, if you don't put it together, you, all you do is you got to set back, set back, set back. And so, I mean, yes, I believe that the offense needs to play better. Uh, I've been critical of the offensive line play. Um, there's no, there's no doubt about that. Um, uh, Bryce doesn't need to get to be running back there for his life. Yeah. And he doesn't need to do that. Uh, he, you know, so, yes, offensively, we just got to get better. And there's no way to ever say it then. This performance was not was not good enough. It just wasn't. Yeah, and the, and the song keeps spinning, right, because defense is playing well enough to win your games and the offense is sputtering. So, you know, I think this is a, you know, a work in progress, obviously, yeah. but I think it it starts in the in the on the trenches. It starts on the line. And then I want the defense to do more, okay? Because yeah. when you look when you read the stats, I'm going, oh, okay, the defense played pretty well, right? They played they played well. However, I kept saying, man, the defense is getting pushed. So I'm I'm asking the defense to do stuff stuff more than what they are capable of doing because I'm asking them to, to take up the slack for the offense of what we see with the. The, maybe the lackluster performance of the offense. I'm looking for more turnovers. I'm looking for that sack fumble. I'm looking for those type of plays that change the difference. And the fact that there was a play that Xavier Woods drops down on a deep end rock. They pick up the first down, and I'm sitting there like this, dude, you should have had an interception. Now, now really, he shouldn't have had an interception. He should just be making a tackle on that play. 
but I'm looking for him to do more because I'm looking for the defense to to take up the slack for the offense. Well, and sometimes winning teams, their effort creates opportunities and creates turnovers. You know, we had that play, I think it was in the fourth quarter when uh, Badgett was going back. Was it Brown that, like, hit his arm? and But the ball, he, he stripped the ball, but it went right back to the quarterback. But it went right and back to the quarterback. first down. Now, when you're winning and when you're seven you and get one, those plays. <laughs> that ball bounces into Derek Brown or bounces into, you know, Frankie Louvu's hands and he goes down and scores. <laughs> or yep. he sets the offense up in a position to score. Yep. Uh, there you go. All right. When we come back, we will get the final thoughts of Jim, Amish, and Luke. So stay with us as you listen to Panthers football presented by Morris Jenkins. This is Jim Zoki. Join me next Sunday at 10 for the Carolina Panthers Stadium Show. Three hours of pregame counting you down to the Panthers-Cowboys game. On the home of the Carolina Panthers, 99.7 The Fox. Back to Brett McMillan with more of the Panthers postgame show presented by Southern Star, an official bourbon of the Carolina Panthers. Celebrate the spirit of the Carolinas. And welcome back. Let's head back to Chicago one more time and get the final thoughts from Jim, Anish, and Luke. Another frustrating loss for the Carolina Panthers as the offense Again, doesn't put much up. 213 total yards of offense and losing to Chicago 16-13. to The only touchdown, of course, in the game for Carolina comes from special teams. Amir Smith-Marset with a 79-yard punt return. Defense, again, despite so many injuries, plays well, holding Chicago to 16 points. Deontay Foreman had 80 yards rushing. D.J. Moore, five catches, 58 yards. A couple former Panthers for Chicago. The Panthers came down to attempting what would have been a career-long 59-yard field goal by Eddie Pinheiro. Came up uh, very short and uh, not nearly enough uh, in this loss in niche. And it's just, uh, again, another a day where the Panthers uh, just couldn't muster up enough offense to win an NFL game. I mean, 13 points is just not going to get it done. You know, the frustrating part, Jim, is three weeks in a row now, this defense, which has been banged up, battered, and shorthanded, has given this team a chance to win. You go back to the Texans game, we saw what Houston did to Tampa the week after. You held that Texans team to 13 points. Last week against Indy, you take away the two pick sixes, you held a high-octane Indianapolis offense really to 13 points and one offensive touchdown, and that one touchdown was questionable because of a bad call against Xavier Woods. Today, Brian Burns is out. Yitor's out. Houston's out. Shaq's out. JC's out. C.J. Henderson out. Jeremy Chin out. You had almost no depth at outside linebacker. You held Chicago to 16 points. You got a punt return touchdown. Luke... The, the offense has to do its part. I mean, I, I hate to put the blame on just one aspect, but you want special teams, you want defense. If we can get a little bit of offense, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, and that's why it's the ultimate team game. You can win in, you can win in two phases and play well in two phases. If the, if the third phase doesn't play well, it's difficult to win. But I think, you know, you, you play long enough, you watch enough football, you understand that, hey, Sometimes certain sides of the ball are struggling. I look back when I was playing, there'd be three, four game stretches where we give up 20, 30 points and the offense just finds a way to score one more than they do. And that's how it is. That's how it's going to be on the defensive side of the ball at sometimes. And when you think about it as a defender, yeah, you'd like for our offense to go score points, but you always have to think of, hey, what more can we do? Can we get a ball out? Can we get a ball? Can we, can we create a short field? Can we create a turnover? 
those are things that you got to think about because I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. We, we've played really well on the defense side of the ball the last couple weeks, but we got to find a little bit more. we got to dig a little bit more and help this offense out and kind of get him kick-started. What do you feel is ailing this offense right now? And I'll ask Frank Reich the same question when he joins us, but what, what, what's the diagnosis right now? Well, I think you look at some of the, the big situations where we've had we had some drop balls. Maybe it's hard, it's hard to tell, honestly, without being – in the meeting rooms, what's going on. It's just you, you watch it from our perspective. We're having a difficult time running the football. We're having a difficult time protecting for long periods of time. When we do, Bryce has been very productive. He's able to navigate. He's able to go through progressions. And we, we just we, we haven't had an opportunity to really get super explosive down the field. We had the one, the one play early on in the game that gave us a little bit of a spark, but we got to try to find ways to – you know, pop some runs, get a little bit more explosive because right now I just don't feel like we're putting a ton of pressure on defenses, and it just makes things difficult. But you know what? You just got to continue to go in each week. We've got we to have a long weekend here. Sometimes after a Thursday, it's like a mini bye week. I don't know what their schedule is, but, you know, they'll definitely get Saturday, Sunday off. You come back in Monday or Tuesday, get going, and then get ready to go for a difficult Dallas game the following week. But that's kind of what it is. Hey, I've had a difficult past two games we got a long weekend after this Thursday. Everybody can kind of relax, get off their feet, maybe make some, some mini corrections on this mini buy. But, hey, everybody's just got to try a little bit hard, a little bit harder. Do your job, but just try to find a way to give a little bit more. Yeah, Jim, I think the frustration, you're 0-6 going into the bye. You pull the win off against Houston. Self-inflicted wounds last week. And then, you know, today they played a pretty clean game, not a ton of penalties, no turnovers, but just – at inopportune times, you know, you got the short field at the 40, kick a field goal instead of getting six. Offensive football looks really difficult right now, and that uh, whether it's uh, starting with the line play or whatever, uh, there's a lot of things that need to be cleaned up for sure. Guys, thank you, and thanks to our crew here, Harold Hamrick and Jason Hutchinson back in Charlotte, Wendell Black, David Eads, Matt Hogan, and Byron Putman, along with Amy Martin, Eric Fiddleman, Sharon Thorson on sidelines here, along with David Langton, our executive producer, 16-13 Bears win over the Panthers. Back to Charlotte now with Brett, Mike, and Eugene. All right, thanks a lot, Jim. Appreciate it. When we come back, we'll have our three and outs and wrap things up. You're listening to Panthers Football, presented by Morris Jenkins. Panthers Football is heard exclusively on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Touchdown, Carolina! Join us next Sunday as the Panthers host the Dallas Cowboys. Kickoff on the network is set for 1 o'clock. Presented by Morris Jenkins, official heating, air conditioning, and plumbing services partner of the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers postgame show continues. Presented by Southern Star, an official bourbon of the Carolina Panthers. Celebrate the spirit of the Carolinas. All right, as we wrap up the Wendell Black birthday celebration here. Yes, happy birthday, Wendell. Happy birthday, Wendell. Oh, happy it's already, birthday, Wendell. It's already over, isn't it? It's past midnight. Uh, well, not in the central and not in the central time mountain zones. time zones. <laughs> He's still, still partying there. out west for Wendell. <laughs> there we go. If you can hear us out west, we're still partying for Wendell. All right. Uh, before we go to our three and outs, Mike Pacheco. Yep. We so got we a, hard, a little bit hard of working player on the hardest working player of the game presented by Sunbelt Reynolds, the official rental equipment partner of the Carolina Panthers. It was, uh, uh, I think, the winning, I think, pushing it over the goal line, it's going to be Johnny Hecker. But, of course, uh, Amir Smith-Marset uh, deserves honorable mention on that as well. There's, there's no touchdown. doubt about it, but I think Hecker is one of the guys that consistently 
booted the ball to, to flip the field, and he did a great job of doing that. Absolutely. It's a, he had a great night punting and, and kept putting the Bears in very, very difficult situations, at, which only helps the defense. All right, let's do our three and outs now. And, uh, Mr. Eugene Robinson, why don't you kick things off? Yeah, uh, I don't have three and outs. I just I want the offense to seize the moment and play better. Uh, I know that's cohesive. And I'm talking about from the running game and the passing game. Brett, I mean, uh, Bryce shouldn't be running for, you know, running around there, um, running for his life. And then we got to be able to create some holes. I thought we did that a little bit earlier, but it seemed also that the uh, Bears shut things down. And if we're going to have any success, it starts with the offense. The offense has to be better at running the rock. And I'm going to just say what Coach Frank Wright said, that was a pitiful, pitiful performance by the offense you know, collectively, and I think they understand that, and if they're going to get better, it's going to be with that offensive line. There's no doubt about that. Mike? Yeah, and for me, it's, uh, you know, the lack of complimentary football right now. When you look at the last three games, Panthers have been outscored 56-41, to 41, and they've only had two, two offensive touchdowns. Ouch. And that's what the, you know, with the, in the, in the last three games, your opponent has scored 13 points going back to Houston. Indianapolis, okay, that was 27 points, and then, 16 points tonight. Uh, I won't go too deep into it. And you, you didn't score the 16 points. Uh, that was the special teams. Right. Just to make that yeah. clear. That. Yeah. And then, uh, obviously, Johnny Hecker, I think, has been ter- it's been he's been terrific all, all year yeah. long, as always. And I will say this. Uh, for those Panther fans uh, getting ready for, obviously, this weekend is going to be off. Then next weekend, you have Dallas coming in. Please. 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 Find a nice family. That maybe uh-huh. doesn't have a chance to go to the game. That are Panther fans, and those are the people give you tickets to, not Dallas a- fans. Absolutely, because Dallas shows up strong. Green Bay shows up strong. Pittsburgh shows up strong. Those teams travel well, and so we don't want to hear about. Don't don't succumb to the temptation to, to give the tickets to your favorite Cowboys fans. Give them the Panther fans. Yeah, yeah, it, Panther or else it'll feel indeed. like a Cowboys home game here. Oh, that's yeah. that three and yeah. out right there. That'd have been nice three and out. Right there. <laughs> well, my three and outs are. Uh, the O-line continues to baffle me. Uh, baffle. I thought this was supposed to be a strength this year, and it's turned out to be anything but. And it keeps Bryce Young running for his life. Uh, what Mike was talking about, the special teams were huge tonight and have been all year long. And I'm still looking for the offensive creativity that we heard so much about that we were expecting from Frank Reich and his offensive staff. I haven't seen it. I saw a little. It was interesting. During that final drive, I saw some interesting creativity like lining up Adam, Adam Thielen in the run in the backfield and running him out of the backfield to catch a pass. It's creativity there that I wasn't seeing the rest of the game. I wondered why we're waiting until that point of the game to roll it out. And I think maybe rolling out Bryce Young some is going to help relieve some of that pressure on him rather than making him tell him to just stand in the pocket. So Yeah, I think it's beyond the creativity. I think it's smash mouth football. I think that it's me against you offensive line. Against defensive line, you got to push him back and push him off the off off that line, and and that's not happening. And so, even if we had the creativity that you would like to see, I don't think that's the answer. I think the answer is smash mouth football, man. Punch a man in the mouth legally and get this cat off the line, so your you running back can have have a, a chance to go ahead and beat Chuba and, and do his thing, you know, and, and Bryce do his thing. And so, I think it's really predicated upon this offensive line. That was my after three and out. Well, there you go. And the perfect team to do it against is coming on Sunday, the 19th, which is the next home game, the next game period for the Panthers, as the Dallas Cowboys come to town.
You just want to knock off the Cowboys. Yeah, you want, you, you, yeah, you just yes, want, you you want to see Jerry Jones miserable. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Stadium show starts at 10 o'clock on the Fox. Then the Panthers count that to kick off at noon on the network. Kickoff just after 1 o'clock, and the Panthers postgame show starts in the 4 o'clock range. Once again, the final tonight, Chicago beats the Panthers 16-13. to Carolina Panthers football is brought to you by Harris Teeter, the official grocery store of your Carolina Panthers. Buick, a proud sponsor of the Carolina Panthers. Mount Olive, the official pickle juice of the Carolina Panthers. Bank of America, official bank of the Carolina Panthers. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. 